Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, and we have a very special guest today, Robin Demarath. Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Thank you. Uh, so tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, well, I'm on Imperfect Mommying because I'm basically a stay-at-home mom. Um, but what I do is, my work is to take care of my oldest, who is 18, but I am guardian to her. And taking her and her other siblings is pretty much a full-time job because they all have uh, additional special needs. So in addition to that, I do kind of freelance advocacy work and... It keeps me busy just being a mom, but it ties together. It's what it's what I do. I take care of them. Yeah. And... Uh, tell me a little bit about the the advocacy stuff, and then we can go back to. Uh, well, currently I am going back to school to get my bachelor's and associate um, in social work, so that I can actually kind of market myself as a consultant right now it's pretty much i volunteer my time for uh, a service dog trainer to connect her with uh, clients that could use the the assist in self-training um i do a lot of i'm on a lot of committees for programs in wisconsin to like give my input as a parent where I see the need where we could do some work. Uh, one of the biggest ones is called Circles of Life, and it's a yearly conference for families with special needs children. Um, and uh, I get involved where I can when things come up, like we have the Voter Disability Vote association i get into some of the classes there and try and get people registered that because just because you have an intellectual disability doesn't mean you don't have a vote so we get these people to understand their rights and see if this is something they want to do and support that so a lot of little things that i do because i kind of have to temper my time with what my kids need because that changes daily yeah and you said you have four three three and they all and yeah. all of them have uh, yeah my, of... my two older kids are autistic my oldest has a couple additional uh mental health diagnoses that we're working on like narrowing down so we can get her the proper treatment and the younger two both have ehlers-danlos which is a connective tissue disorder so it just means a lot of doctor's appointments to just keep um Sorry if you hear the dog in the background. He found a bone. Um, we have a couple of dogs and they 
frequently make uh, yeah. <laughs> their guest appearance. But yeah, that's there's a lot of varied needs in this house. And I think the my job title could be considered chaos coordinator. Because mm. that's pretty much what I do. Yeah. Um officially I I am paid to be my oldest caretaker, but I was doing this before I was actually paid for it. And so yeah, there's that we were just on a call this morning. Um, we do a, a weekly parent support call um, that's open to the public. And my partner just had this thought come in that it's like, you know, we're we're parents and, you know, we're not we're not necessarily social workers we're not therapists we're not you know all of these things but we become those things Adv an advocate was another one yeah. we become these things because that's what our kids need yeah and then but you know going into it I don't know I don't think I know a single person that thought well I know that when my, when I have a kid, I'm going to be their advocate. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no. and so we put on these roles or we take on these roles that we're unqualified for and um, that are really, that are really important. And so, you know, I, I honor like you for everything that you're doing for your kids, for sure. Parenting is like the, the most on the job training ever, honestly. <laughs> And it's the most important job as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it that, um, so you said that you, you just started a podcast. Is that, um, yep. what is the topic of your, of your podcast? It's called the ADA cafe and it's essentially going to be talking about living with disabilities in this society and this kind of health framework and I just want to open up discussions about if there's a need like bring on a person that this is their experience and by doing that someone else that might be kind of at the start of their journey can get some resources because mm -hmm. it's such a vast topic that I'm never going to run out of people to talk to about it absolutely so. Yeah, my my son and I have had um he was diagnosed when he was 3 and um he was very borderline that the they actually said we're going to give him the diagnosis because it could go he could go either way. Like it's kind of he's so on the line that we don't know um but he'll get support if he has the diagnosis and and um and so I went to a parent support meeting um at his at his school like his after school program his services um and there one of the topics was do you tell your child that they have autism or not and that was that was one of the questions and I hadn't even thought about it at that point you know he's three or four or maybe five at that point and um it didn't it didn't cross my mind and so it was not something that I like sat him down and said, okay, you have autism, you know, and it was, it was like one day he was like, what's well, autism? And I'm like, I still can't answer that question <laughs> very well. Um, 
And I think the way that I answered it was that you're, um, it just means that you, you process things differently or you think differently or something along those lines. And that was good enough for him at the time. And then recently, um, I guess kids are using uh, you're autistic the same way that they used to call people retarded. And so because he knows that he has that diagnosis and he's feeling a little defensive by the insult, you know, he's like, well, I don't have autism <laughs> or autism doesn't exist. Not that he doesn't have it, but autism doesn't exist. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's an interesting world to navigate for sure because yeah, in some ways they have all the community online to be like this is normal this is a superpower this is it's great but you're still gonna have those kids who say the mean i mean you're always gonna have kids that say mean things it's just what wording can they use what thing can they focus on and to be honest like when i tell my kids or when we talk about it it's like we everybody processes things differently you and i focus on the positives like you see things i can't and that allows for better discussions so i'm like if someone's being weird because you're autistic well then they're just being closed-minded so we just keep having those kind of discussions that it's like sometimes my my son's a perfect example he's so intelligent he has such interesting interests and I keep have to tell him, I can't keep up with you. I mean, that's really cool. You are so smart and you are so like dynamic. Mom's too slow, you mm -hmm. know? And I'm like, I don't feel bad about that, but can you work with me to help you like understand it? So it's like, it's not a bad thing. It's just different. Yeah. And some kids, my son's like, yeah, it's my superpower. My daughter, she takes it harder, you know? So, yeah, every every child is is different, and I there I remember a, a meme or a picture a long time ago that said if you've met one child with autism, you've met one child, one child. with with autism. Like there is no universal, and um, yeah, I've I even last night I told my son he's like I need help uh, I might need help on the homework, and I was like I mean yeah I'll, I'll do try. my best. <laughs> we're talking we're talking middle school math i am 30 years ahead of you in yeah it's not you know, the same anymore no and i sucked at math back then so sorry buddy right and i was i was decent at it but it's like i don't remember i don't i just don't remember it's you you use it early you lose it kind of a thing yeah but, um and even the you know the kids that the kid specifically i don't know if there's more than one but i know that there's one um that was using it as as a, a derogatory slang it, he he doesn't know that xander has autism like it's just a word that he's throwing out to be an yeah. insult you know um and you know but because he knows then he's taking offense to it yeah and but his response was everybody thinks differently that's why it doesn't exist and i was like you know i i'm not i'm not going to argue with you that the existence or not i i believe that it's the label is there to to help us um and that was another conversation that my fiance and i were happening having like 
a lot of people are getting diagnosed as, as adults now. And um, maybe I don't know so much with autism, but just what I've heard a lot now is um, the ADHD that adults yeah. are, are being diagnosed a lot with it. And it's like, so are you, what are you going to do with this information? Are you going to use it to empower you to like learn the tools that help people with ADHD function yeah. better or more, I'm trying to think of, of the word, but like more efficiently, maybe yeah, <laughs> more yeah. effectively. Um, or are you going to use it as like, well, I have ADHD, so I can't do blah, blah, blah. You and know? every kid's going to be different. Like I think I parent my kids fairly evenly. I mean, every kid's different. So I obviously have to do things to adjust to them, but I have one child who it's like, I use that as an excuse to get out of stuff all the time. Another child who's like, he, it's just who he is. So if he's saying he doesn't want to do something, he's just because I don't want to do something. You know, there's not a, I'm not using this label to cripple myself. Mm -hmm. You know, and then it was odd because my youngest doesn't have an autism diagnosis, but she is neuroatypical. And yesterday her brother was like, just kept it caught my attention how pointedly he kept saying, you know, you have two kids in the car with autism. His older sister was not there. His younger sister was. And I was like, I wasn't going to correct it for a while. I went to see where it was going. And not once did she take offense to that. She's like, she, she asked me later, she's like, am I autistic? I didn't know I was. And I'm like, I don't think you are, but it's just a word. So she's like, oh yeah, okay. You know? I, we like to use the term that this household is neuro spicy. We all, every single individual has idiosyncrasies. Ours are just a little extra sometimes, mm -hmm. but you know, we make it work. And I do think that helps them go out into the bigger world and look at others are different because sometimes you might look at someone without autism and be like what are they doing because that doesn't make sense or that's mm -hmm. they have some reason we just yeah. don't know it so and I think that all of us that part of the journey of life is figuring out and learning yourself right learning how you tick and for some people, the label really helps them understand themselves more. Um, and so I'm, I'm all for it when it's something when it's needed, yeah. yeah, when it's something that helps and, and supports and whatnot, w would you say that you, there was any moments that you felt, um, you know, guilty about having children with neurodivergence? Not where their diagnosis comes in. I have plenty of mom guilt. It just doesn't really tie to their diagnosis, mm -hmm. except a little bit when they first got their physical um, diagnosis for the Ehlers-Danlos. Because for that one, I'm like, I know that could lead to my children having a lifetime of pain issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there's guilt, but there's nothing I had to do with that. Like, And then I really had to go through this was I angry with my parents? I just won the genetic lottery. 
those two same thing it was nothing that I could have changed mm -hmm. but I had some guilt in the beginning of that as far as the the autism the guilt I might have had was that I missed it because it wasn't my understanding of autism at first um, mm -hmm. I had went to school 20 years ago and was going to do special education and because I started ha having health issues, I didn't finish that curriculum. I was like two credits short of my degree. And what I understood to be autism was way less functioning than what I saw in my own children. So I feel like I dropped the ball initially in getting my kids the help because there's nothing wrong. Well, there's mm -hmm. still nothing wrong with them. But if I hadn't like avoided there might be something that they could use help with. We would have gotten it sooner. But yeah. again, they've they've gotten good therapy. They've had access to stuff that's really, like we still have hard times, honestly. But we do the OT. We go to, you know, whatever I think my kids need, I'm going to dig and they're going to get it. And I feel like, you know, life just put us on hard mode, but doesn't mean we can't enjoy it. Um, it's so funny that you said uh, hard mode, because that was the phrase that my son used last night going from elementary school to junior high. He was like, we went from easy mode to hard, hard mode overnight. Like, you can't just yeah. do that. <laughs> I want some cheat codes, please. <laughs> right? Where's the cheat codes for junior high? Yeah, that's funny. Um, I I love using the analogy of 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 gaming for life, especially especially with this generation. Yeah, because um, they're just I don't know that there's really very many kids nowadays that don't play some kind of video game, and I mean adults too. Like I remember saying I don't like video games, and my stepmom was like. I see you playing them on your phone all the time. And it literally didn't click in my head that what I was doing on my phone was a video game. Yes. It's just a different format, but. Right. Yeah. Um, but I love the, I, I think that there is actually a um, people who like gamify life. Like there it's, it's a thing. It's, it's an actual thing. I remember hearing, I was like, that's kind of cool. Or you can gamify your business or gamify your content or, you know, it's like, and it makes it makes it kind of fun. It takes some of the, for me at least when I use that analogy with the kids, it takes some of the unknown out of it. Like sometimes you're gonna miss that jump and you're gonna fall, but where you having fun, you know. Mm -hmm. And video games, you get to just start over and come back. I, you know, like if you fall down a hole, maybe not in real life, but you fall down, you get to start over, you know, you're in charge of where, take a break if you need, but you're in charge of where you need to jump back in. And I think that clicks, especially with my two younger kids, that the youngest one has some, I'll call it regulation issues. When she gets mad, mm. it's rapid, it's intense. There is, I understand the trigger to it just about every time, but it ends up being more of a problem for her than the problem was. Mm. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, time to hit the reset. You know, like, we can come back to this. Let's just set it down, you know. And 
if she has something in her head that she can like it's not just me feeling this this is it's just a thing that's happening i didn't do it because guilt is what gets her all built up mm. you know let's hit the reset button so she can just feel it and come get a hug instead of feel bad about it and then rage at herself and just get into a bad cycle yeah that's interesting that you notice the guilt in her too um i hadn't thought about kids feeling guilty i i'm all about the mom guilt but like <laughs> my uh yesterday my son and i were talking um about you know kind of his grades in school and and i had a moment where um i i got into a trigger and that kind of sent me on a spiral and then you know i wanted to um not just apologize but i kind of wanted to like say like let's have let's do this like special thing because like i know that i could have handled the situation a little bit better and um so i said ice cream and he said donuts um in the morning and I was like I'm down for donuts in the morning and he said can I have two and I was like sure and he's like am I getting too like I well I feel bad because I think I said that I was going to go because I wake up at five and they open at four so I was like I'll just go before everybody's awake instead of trying to rush out of the house yeah I mean it's like we barely get out on time anyway like uh I'll just go earlier but he like I saw that that feeling guilty in that in that moment because he wanted because I offered to get donuts at five in the morning but it was interesting <laughs> I see my mom guilt and it's not so guilt is like oh am I doing this right mm. you know sense comes up a lot now that they're coming to this age that I know they can do more but I've been in such a habit of doing for them that I'm like I don't want to throw it at them but i need to start layering some responsibilities because otherwise i'm doing them a disservice by like throwing them out in the world at 18 with no skills and it's like okay i have to pick my battles every single day and differently with every single kid and i mean the I, awareness is huge that you're aware that you're doing a lot of things for them and that you can't just shove them into doing it all themselves and i mean that's that's awesome and like i literally have to stop myself when he struggles to get his shoe on or when he struggles to to open something like i have to like step hold, back <sighs> i have to hold, literally I have to hold my hands so yep. that I wait for him to ask. I'll call this an upside, but the amount of therapy my kids have been in that I've just sat in the corner and gotten secondhand therapy to figure mm -hmm. out how they're working has actually like been huge. Cause this is where I kind of get this stuff that I'm like, I wouldn't have seen that cause I would have been too far in my own head Make sure they have all their needs. You know, am I doing a good enough job? And what I've learned over the last couple of years is the best thing I can give them is to let them know I'm going to screw up too. Mm -hmm. And to be willing to like own that, have those conversations. When I'm like, you know, guess what? I haven't had you do your own laundry for years, but 
you are physically old enough, capable, and mom actually needs help. And I know that you offer help all the time in areas I don't need it or I don't take it. So I know you're willing. Let's just do this. And because I don't just jump and say, go do your wash. It takes a little bit to form the habits, but we haven't had a lot of friction. And I still feel like some of that comes with me not asking enough, but we'll figure it out. I mean, it's done is better than perfect. Yeah, always. And I'm... improving as we go is that's all we can ask for. Yeah. My youngest has taught me that too, because I've had to constantly tell her, you don't have to be perfect. Like, it's okay to make mistakes. And as much as I say it, I have to start listening to it and at some point. Yeah. And the others hear me say it. The others see me start adjusting. And yeah, for all the spicy in here, we've kind of learned how to use it to our advantage. Yeah. I, I love the spicy. What did you say? Spicy. Neuro spicy. Neuro spicy. <laughs> Thank you. That's so cool. Because yeah, I don't have a diagnosis, but I'm pretty sure I have some form of, it's probably something like ADHD, but I have um, CPTDS, CPTSD from mm -hmm. like way back in my childhood. And a lot of those things mirror. So mm -hmm. even though I may not have it, I get my kids in a way that someone who was neurotypical wouldn't understand. I get sensory overloaded, but I have three kids who sometimes vocally stim, sometimes are like touch. So anybody would have that after a certain point. It took me a while to, to get that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so like perfect example, advocate for myself. Hey, kiddo, I love you, but I'm going to put on some headphones. So if you really need me, just tap and I'll take a break. But it's like, you're not doing anything wrong by constantly humming, but my brain is done processing it. So, yeah. You know. Oh my goodness. The, the, the beatboxing that my son <laughs> does, like unconsciously drives my fiance bonkers. I have the ability to tune it out now. It's just like, uh, I just, I just can, but like, I don't even notice he's doing it, but I do notice when the radio gets turned up and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> he must, you know, those it. tools that work for the kids a lot of times uh -huh. I found I'm buying two when they're suggested, like they're, they're, they're noise reduction things that go in your ears. They asked me to try that out with my son because he's auditory sensitive. Hmm. So I stuck one in. I'm like, oh my God, why am I so chill today? Hmm. I'd had him in all day. So it was like all the noise was still coming. It just wasn't so intense. So it hadn't fried my nervous system by the end of the day. So I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I like you said something earlier. I think that the the best gift that we can give to our kids is to let them know that they're not perfect, that we are not perfect because as a default to like the way that we come into the world and the fact that we have people who raise us, like we're dependent on them and they're essentially our parents are like gods to us. And so if 
if a parent yells at a child, the child, like, just because the parent is yelling, not because the child did something wrong necessarily, yeah. like, that, they will internalize it and say, like, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? Because parent is synonymous with with God and yeah. for a long time. And so it's, it's in adulthood where we realize, oh, my parents are not perfect, but by then a lot of the damage is already done to our self-esteem and, and all of that. So I think that's a huge gift to give to your kids to let yeah. them know that you're not perfect. And I, it makes a difference to me too, because mm-hmm. to I, yeah, <laughs> take off some of that weight. Um, I, I had decent parents. They were, they were loving, they were but we we grew up where they had to work all the time so you know like I'm constantly available for my kids and have I stayed at home and I have to recognize that puts me even more as a caregiver and like they relied on me more because they were able to so I'm like no shade to my parents but I learned stuff that my kids are having to learn because I'm having to actually teach it by example and I have to step back once in a while and be like oh yeah I just did this at their age I can't expect them to know that if I don't show them that and you know if I get up I remember if my dad got upset with me and he wasn't a yeller he wasn't but if he I was just devastated and so I have to remember like I don't yell at my kids. So why do they break down and cry? Cause I was just, Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? So like those moments occasionally click that they, they still view me as this, you know, on a pedestal person. And I'm like, I don't. And that makes a weird cross section of, okay, well, I'm going to hop off here. You put me here and I, let's go sit on it together or sit down here together. We do not no, you're you're perfect too, as much as you think I am. Now let's just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. But you don't always see it when you're in it. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a piece of advice that you want to sh- share with moms? Outside of the, you know, let your kids know you're going to make mistakes and it's okay if you do and they do. The biggest one is find some support for yourself. Mm. Um. I would not be getting through this without my people. You know, I'm single parenting these three. And if I didn't have, you know, the person to call at nine o'clock at night and frankly be like, oh my God, they're crazy and vent to them, then I may not be as kind and compassionate the next day when they start out that way, you know, and they're not doing anything different, but I have to. This person also is often the one that checks me and is like, yeah, but how's that any different than any other day? What's going on different with you? What do you need? And that reminds me of that self-care portion and, you know, find your people, rely on them when you need to, and it makes a difference. Even if you have to dig for them, you know? Yeah, we've said, I've said many, many times on the podcast, like it takes a village to raise kids. And absolutely, just because we're in the US, and we don't do that doesn't mean that it's not true, and that we don't need it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there a book that's been instrumental in your personal development journey? Uh, one that comes to mind, it, I think it was just the timing and it clicks to mind because the title always makes me snicker is um, You Are a Badass. And if I can remember it, it's essentially just telling you to like, stop doubting yourself. You know, you're probably your biggest roadblock. And I read that probably six or seven years ago, but it was at a time where I'm like, my marriage was not going to last much longer if something didn't change. And I was constantly in self-doubt and mm -hmm. it just like hit me. Like, I'm not the only one that thinks like this. So maybe I need to look at this from a different perspective. So it's a good book. Um, but I think it really was just the timing that it came to me that that's why it it sticks out. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Jen Sincero fan. I have all of her books. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When she, um, so the, the book is in its 10th year anniversary. So she republished it with a new chapter <laughs> and, um, and I got to see her speak in Southern California and, um, it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool, uh, experience. And so I have a signed copy of of the of her book nice. yeah well thank you so much for um for joining me today and for um not just everything that you said on this podcast but everything that you're doing in in support of other parents um and also everything that you're doing with your kids like I, moms don't hear it enough and um, you're doing an amazing job so well, you are too I found you because I was looking for people doing this kind of stuff yeah so thank you for having me on absolutely um and it is um where could our listeners find you if they wanted to reach out um I only have my trailer out on Spotify right now uh but I will be posting things in the next month for the ADA cafe but if they want to look into more of what I'm doing across the board, I do have a website called The Wobbly Warrior. It's thewobblywarrior.com. And That's cute. projects that I'm going to dive into are going to go on there. Yeah. Awesome. Some of the links to the um, disability like support groups and stuff are on there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you for that and for everything else. And um, there will be another episode of Imperfect Mommying coming for y'all next week. And uh, until then, keep healing. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Mommying. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids, do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A-L-Y-O-N-S.com. See you next time.